You are now listening to Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast featuring Phenom. Before we get started today, I have to tell you that my new track is out right now. It's called Cravings. It's on all streaming platforms. Cravings. Make sure you check it out as soon as you finish listening to this episode. Once again, that's Cravings. Go check it out today. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success Podcast. I'm your host, Phenom. Today, we are having another special guest interview. We're talking about real people, real challenges, real success. We have with us Arthur Price III. He is a former LSU All-American track and field athlete. He's a current track and field professional athlete. He has written two books, and he was also an Omicron Delta Kappa Honor Society nominee. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, because as we were just talking, you got a lot going on this weekend, so I really appreciate you being here today. Yeah, man. Like I said, I really appreciate you just having me on the show. And I mean, it's an honor just anytime, you know, just to come on and talk to you and just kind of like open up and just talk about just life stuff in general. And, and with all the crazy stuff that I got going on, man, it I think this is probably the most rewarding part of the day. You know, just take a sit back and just really just talk instead of just having to go from place to place and have a, you know, concrete schedule and stuff. So it, this is fun. And again, thank you for the opportunity. I really enjoy stuff like this. I am so glad to hear that. I feel you because I'm on the go a lot as well. And so doing these interviews is relaxing for me sometimes because I have time on my schedule. I'm like, nobody talked to me for this hour. I don't, even care <laughs> we don't, I don't care if we go an entire hour. If we only go 30 minutes, that extra 30, I'm not available. Don't even think yeah. about me right now. <laughs> so I feel that. I feel that 100%. But I wanted, like I was telling you, I want to do something different today, everybody. So... I want to start something that I've never done before on this show. I'm going to do some hot seat questions, quick take, whatever you want to call it. I will figure out a name for this segment later down the road. But right now, we're just going to call it hot seat. I'm going to ask you five questions, whatever comes to mind. Gotcha. Answer. All right. You ready? All good. I'm ready. All right. So first question. If you had $1 million, how much would you, uh, how would you spend it in one Ooh. day? Oh, man, it was crazy about this is I was actually thinking about this, I think, um, Sunday. So this is actually crazy. Um, so if I had and you said I had one day, one day to spend a million dollars. Whew, man. OK, so I'm going to kind of cheat right here. So I'll take up a portion of that, put in my savings. OK, um, another portion would probably go to a foundation or something. And then the other portion would, I don't know the exact percentages of like how it would, you know, distribute it and stuff, but that's just the three things that I would do. So number one, savings to kind of cheat a little. Number two would be go to like a foundation for a great cause. And then number three would be to give back to my family and just, you know, help them out and stuff. So that would honestly be the three uh, most important things for me if I had the million. And hopefully, you know, by the next time I check my bank account, you know, someone made a mistake or something. So, you know, so we'll see. All right. Bet. I love it. I love it. All right. So in a zombie apocalypse, what is your winning strategy to survive? <laughs> Man, no, I, I like I like these. You got to keep this. I like these questions. I <laughs> No, because I, I love playing zombie games. And so I, I've word. had a lot of it. Yeah, like Resident Call Evil. Call of Duty Zombies gave me some nightmares, not because of the zombies, <laughs> but because of how difficult it was. Like I couldn't make it past round five. Like it, it, it was bad, man. But 
I'll tell you this. Um, in a zombie apocalypse, um, my survival strategy, like winning strategy, would have to be use a bow and arrow because, you know, you can recycle a bow and arrow. Um, canned goods last a little bit longer. And honestly, man, uh, don't trust anybody because <laughs> I've seen... I've seen The Walking Dead, man, and it is is so you're Daryl. This is what you're saying. You're inspired yeah. by Daryl. Basically, <laughs> yes. Like I, I look, man. I've seen Resident Evil, Walking Dead, all those zombie things. You know, the bow and arrow thing. I think is the easiest because people are like, well, why don't they just use you know guns and stuff? Well, you know, one time usage, but you got a bow and arrow, you can just and a machete too. So that and uh, fish. I hopefully the fish population wouldn't be tainted or whatever. You never know, but that those are my that's very true. All right, so. cool. I love it. So, if you could have a romantic dinner with any famous person, who would it be? Oh, okay, this is good. I ain't gonna lie, man. My crush back in the day was Vanessa Hudgens. So, I mean, she's still my crush. I love Vanessa Hudgens. Um, Mariah Carey was up there too. But I think uh, Vanessa Hudgens probably, uh, yeah, with that, without that, without. You got you a high school without, musical? Oh, yeah, man. When she hit them vocals in high school <laughs> musical, I fell in love. I, the whole entire time, I was ready to give smoke to Zach Efron. I was like, no, no, you better not. No, that's my woman. Man. And, and you know, oh, Zendaya, but I think, um, you know, Vanessa Hudgens, you know, she's been solid. You know, Zendaya is more of a new fling, but, you know, Vanessa Hudgens will always have my heart, man. So. All right. So I know that we're all in this together on your playlist. So next question. (laughs) (laughs) Never told a lie. Never told a lie. (laughs) In three words, how would you describe the idea of real happiness? In three words, um, mm, real happiness. Ooh, in three words, let me see. Loving yourself fully, I think that would be the best. Because I think when you love yourself fully, you know how to take care of yourself in a way where, realistically, you know the world around you is going to disappoint you at times you know even the people that you truly love and all this stuff they're you know they're going to disappoint you uh, sometimes knowingly sometimes unknowingly but if you love yourself fully it's almost like you prepare yourself for situations that may not be as favorable but you learn how to cope with those situations and you learn that okay well this happened this is unfortunate but you can still kind of see the light or the gray or gray line or whatever in the cloud and just really take um, take the optimism away from that and find happiness in that. So I think that's um, something that I uh, actually did with my 21-day uh, journal because I actually just got done with my 21-day journal. And every single day was, um, was kind of like this interview. You know, you just sit down and you just really think and just process things in a way that you don't really think about with all the crazy stuff going on in life. And you're just like, man, like when they ask you a question, like what would be a perfect day your ideal perfect day, you're just like, wait, what would be my ideal perfect day? You know? So mm-hmm. it, it's really, it's really nice, but loving yourself fully, I think, is honestly the way to find happiness, at least for me, you know. So I love it. I'm gonna have to circle back with that one later on. Oh, Last yeah. question. What is one of the top greatest disappointments that have happened in your life so far? 
Mm, this is good. This is good. Um, hmm. I'll say. Who? <laughs> I'll say because I, I I have two things. There's actually two things. Um, okay, run both of them. Run both of them. Okay, all right. Both yeah. Of them. So I think uh, the most disappointing one was probably uh, when I fell at nationals in 2019. Mm. And um, you said fell or fell? Failed. Yeah. Fell, no, fell. Like, fell face. Yeah, it was, um, which, like, me, like, I'm a pretty strong guy. And, like, I played football. So it's, like, those kind of hits. I'm just, like, oh, whatever. But I remember, um, you know, it was the first hurdle. And I remember up until that week, like, everyone had been talking about me. And at this point, I was, like, you know, superstar or whatever. And, like, you really felt that. You really felt like people, like, treating you differently, people giving you the privilege and stuff, even though, you know, most of the time it didn't take because that's just not – you know, I wasn't used to that. And that's just not what I grew up with. But you still felt kind of dynamic in um, Aurora or not Aurora or around you kind of shift. But like people actually respect you. So it's yeah. like, you know, you get on the ESPN and you fall on the first hurdle, you know, face the forward. First yeah. First one. Yeah. At nationals. And I'm just like, you know, I my goal that season was to win a national championship. My mom had just passed away. And I was like, man, like I really just let everyone down. And I just stayed on the ground for probably like a solid two minutes, not out of pain. I was just like really upset at myself because I remember like I walked over. The trainer was like, are you OK? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, and like obviously, you know, I was scratched up and stuff. But I was like, that's how disappointed I was. I was I wasn't hurt or whatever, you know. Well, I was hurt more like internally as opposed to like, you know, physically. So that's um, probably one disappointment disappointment. And even from that, I've learned so much just out of my career. And maybe, you know, stuff that we'll get into uh, later in the podcast as well, because it actually that was actually probably one of the most significant disappointments of my life, just in general, not just from a sports perspective. And then um, the juicy one, which is actually, I think, um, no, it is. It's the uh, first chapter of my new book. I had a friend um, who, you know, I just kind of had an up and down relationship with. And on my birthday, uh, she actually came in my car and basically said that. She really wanted nothing to do with me over, uh, yeah, over the three years that we had known each other. She was basically like, you know, none of it was real. She was just using me. This was on my birthday. Yeah. What was she using you for? Uh, I think, you know, when people kind of deal with their own demons and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and whenever you connect with someone, you're kind of blinded by the red flags, you know? So I think when that connection is somewhat real again you blind yourself but you also kind of understand like what the person may be thinking because of how much y'all kind of align so i think maybe she dealt with a a lot of internal stuff like insecurity and everything like that and around this time you know i was dealing with some stuff too especially like losing my mom so in that friendship you know which obviously a friendship you know, can go either way sometimes, like platonic and romantic, you you know, just kind of things like that. And that's something that we had struggled with. So, you know, she just came in my car and was basically like, you know, just I was really just using you. I think it might have been for like, you know, attention and like camaraderie, you know, not feeling alone or insecure about certain things. Um, She did say she was using me to, um, you know, take her to uh, different places and stuff like the movies. She didn't have a car? Nah. So. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and like that's, you know, one of the things I thought, you know, we had connected with because I'm just like, well, we both like the same thing, 
you know, this movie, this movie trip is like, okay, we're both enjoying the movie. And then three years later, they tell you, no, they were just really using you for that. You know, so. Huh? Were you paying for the movies? Nah, nah, nah. I mean, well, okay, admittedly, sometimes I would, sometimes she would. So, you know, it was kind of even, but still, you know, gas and you know, you know what I'm saying. So it, it, it's it's you know it's it's it was a very um it was it was a very what and what situation, man. But I I think um you know from that which was a, another life defining moment when you kind of um you know deal with a situation and you feel like you connect with someone and you have all this build up just for it in a matter of like I'll say two minutes literally go to trash and this you kind of start rethinking you know everything right and mm-hmm. i remember she walked in my car and set a 30 minute timer and i'm just saying to myself after yeah yeah a 30 minute timer and she walked out in like five minutes too so i was like after everything we've been through i'm only good for 30 minutes of your time yeah <laughs> i know i know i know so it was rough no it, it, it was a very rough it, i was look 20, I'll say 2019 through 2021 were some of the, um, I don't want to say worse, but they were, they were uh, learning experiences, man. So, you know, I'm really coming out of a, a very dark place in my life just with everything, my mom, that other stuff. So the version that, you know, people are hearing now and, you know, you're getting an opportunity to meet with is the guy that went through all this and matured. So it's, it, it was a crazy time period, but man, there's, it, it was a lot of different things, but those are probably the most, um, most defining disappointments, I'll say, because it's just how much like my life has changed since those moments. So, I think that's a great <laughs> segue um, yeah. to circling back to I believe it was the fourth question. You said loving yourself fully. Yeah. How with all of that that you experienced, how what did you go not what did you go through, but how were you able to come up with that answer that you just gave me because. Obviously, you went through a period during those couple of years and for you to be able to have that specific answer, like you said, you've grown. So how are you loving yourself fully at this moment? And what did that process look like for you? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, It was hard at first because. Admittedly, I realized after that um that friendship, that confusing friendship had ended, you know, I um I, I don't want to say I was kind of searching for my identity, but I was like, well, you know, I connected so much with this one person, someone that I've never connected with, you know, that much at that point beside my mom. And it's like I lost my mom, you know, I lost this friend who I connected with, and I just kind of felt alone. And <clears throat> excuse me. And then I started remembering, um, you know, just like all the things I had gone through as a child of being alone, essentially, always being like the black sheep, whether it was being the only black kid in my, you know, predominantly white, you know, classroom, or just, you know, how I thought about things just naturally in my family, you know, I just always thought about things in a different way. And I always kind of felt like the black sheep and I kind of felt alone. So whenever it was, you know, with my mom, you know, me and my mom did everything. And then it's like, she is gone. Now I met someone else who I can do everything with and have these same experiences. This person's gone. So it's like, you know, what what's next? And I mean, it's still stuff that I kind of do still uh, struggle with, like feeling as if I can't experience life fully by myself. But the one thing I have learned is that, you know, you don't need another person 
essentially to experience life with if you're being happy yourself. And that's something mm. that I I've kind of still have learned. But it's also one thing that even going to therapy, because I, I actually went to therapy uh, between this time period as well, and it helped a lot. So I do suggest like, you know, if you do need to talk to someone, anyone who's listening to this, go do it. And the entire time, um, you know, it just started coming out more and more things from like, you know, the current problems. And then you go dive into deeper of like, OK, why are these the current problems? Like what happened, you know, later, in your, you know, earlier in your life and stuff. And you realize, like, maybe I wasn't loving myself fully to be comfortable being alone enough. You see what I'm saying? Wanting to connect with, you know, someone and thinking that, oh, this is what life is. Like, you know, people go to the beach, people go out and party and, you know, have birthday parties where, like, a bunch of people are there. And it's like, that's not happiness. You know, happiness, mm -hmm. you know, that, that can be happy moments or those can be happy moments. But... You know, will you be happy whenever you're, you know, alone at night and you go on social media, see, you know, people having fun on the weekend and stuff. And, you know, you're just kind of cramped alone, you know, like, you know, are you going to be happy then? And yeah, so just feeling the need to become true to myself and to really be comfortable in my own skin. And then on top of that, once I was able to fully love myself and it, like I said, it's something that I still kind of struggle with daily. But, you know, I'm definitely a lot more, you know, confident in myself now. You realize the unique gifts you have. So, for example, you know, for track, you know, one of the things that I actually had to get out of was looking at other people's starts. Because I'm just like, well, why are other people starting this way and they're doing this? And I mean, You're I would be the blocks, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Just like, you know, just like, yeah. So because my problem had always been at um Ever since I fell, and this is kind of like the intrusiveness, ever since I fell, the first thing was, uh, okay, I need to fix it. Like, I don't want to fall again, you know? And over the years, it became like an obsession of like fixing something that really and truthfully, you know, was just broken beyond belief. So instead of fixing, you know, what was really broken, why not just do something new? Which is why I completely changed up my uh, start pattern this uh, for this upcoming season. But... I was looking at other people so much and thinking like, okay, I need to do this. I need to take this, this, and this. And the entire time I was really taking away my own unique gifts by trying to imitate other people, you know? So once I was like, I need to love myself fully, embrace my own technique, embrace this and that, I think that's when it started kind of flipping of like, okay, I do this, you know, really well. I need to stick with this and not be intrusive. So I think loving yourself and taking away the stress of wanting to, or feeling like you need the validation from others in a way, you kind of validate your own existence and your own self. So I know that was kind of long, but that's, uh, yeah, that's just kind of some processes and stuff. So curious, are you an only child? No, actually, I'm not. <laughs> how many how many siblings do you have? So I have one. Um, he's I think like 21, 22. Um, you know, we're we're not as uh, connected as most you know, siblings probably are and stuff. But, uh, you know, he knows I love him. And, you know, if he does need help, he does come to me. And just, I mean, just recently I had blessed him, you know, like $50 or whatever. So, you know, he better, he better love me or something. So <laughs> giving you $50 when I got to pay my own bills. So, but I mean, just, you know, with that too, you know, it's, um, he, uh, it's, it's different perspective, but, you know, he's my little brother and I love him. So, you know, there was something you were just saying um, about your whole journey 
with changing your starts and looking at other people's starts without the block in coming out the blocks, excuse me. You know, you were comparing yourself. And um it made me think about the the quote I, I want to say is comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, correct. That's actually I, I think the quote that yeah, no, that's the quote that I actually came across and that's when I realized like, yeah, I'm kind of looking at other people too much. You know, instead of actually focusing on myself. And then once I like literally started focusing on myself more, the happiness started coming back. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's true, man, because when you compare yourself to other people, you really are. You're really distracting yourself from the good that you have. So it's I mean, you can have a million dollars and be unhappy and you can be broke on the street and be the happiest person ever. You know, so mm-hmm. it's 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 very true. <laughs> and I can tell you. And from I- <laughs> And I, I had this conversation, I want to say only like once or twice in my life, but I think personally, and people are going to feel how they feel about what I'm about to say, I don't think people should strive for happiness because I, I think happiness is a fleeting feeling. Yeah. So I may have a day where, let's just say like today, I don't necessarily feel happy but I'm like, I'm satisfied and, and I'm fine with my life. Like if somebody were to ask me how life is going right now, I'm like, good. Like, I, I'm stressed. I got a lot of things going on, but I'm good. Yeah. But I feel like if I'm happy, I'm like, oh, somebody just rolled in here with um, my favorite uh, polo, uh Alfredo pasta. <laughs> and, and now they're like, oh, we're about to go to the skating rink. I'm like, oh, bet cool it's it's uh it's r&b night oh we got the slow jams then we're like we're going to waffle house afterwards i'm like oh cool so i'm like that's i'm happy i'm like oh i feel excited and when people are striving for that feeling every day it's a letdown um because it's not realistic and i think the quote comparison is the thief of joy because i think that joy is a more leveled feeling that people have throughout the day or the week or anything like that um like if i'm just like walking down the street or if i'm at an event i may spread joy to other people by giving them compliments or you know being nice to them um and that shows the joy that i have as a person so when a person is always comparing themselves and it's very i think it has definitely increased as a technology increases because you have access to so many people's lives that you are subconsciously comparing yourself to other people. I even have a lot of people, they'll they'll hit me and they'll tell me something and they're like, oh, I'm finally getting to like where you are or something like that. I'm getting to this level, what you did. I'm like, congratulations, but don't try to compare your journey to me because we have one or two different journeys you don't know what I had to do to get here. I don't know what you had to do to get there. But exactly. if you are spending your time, your energy, your emotions, your mental capacity to try to be able to get to where I am. And if you don't get there, that's going to take away from what you have. Exactly. So I definitely can can relate to that. Um, nice. So um, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to add on to that because I actually just yeah, of remembered course. that. So. It's just like real quick, two things. Um, the one thing that I uh, came across, I think a few years ago, and it was so crazy. 
whenever I think whenever and going back to um, the person or people that when you know when they hit you up, they're like, oh, I'm almost to where you're at. It's almost like you're limiting yourself trying to imitate other people. You know, it's like, well, you're seeing them right here and you can be, you know, same level. But it's like you're trying to get right here when really you belong right here. So you're really, mm -hmm. you know, messing up your own direction going this way when really you need to go this way. You know, because there's no blueprint to success. And I think that's one thing that I even have to remind myself, you know, just there's no blueprint uh, the blueprint to any of this. And I think what was more reinforced by this was um, Robert Downey Jr., who's actually like one of my favorite people in general. And just seeing him on, you know, play Iron Man and stuff and going through that, literally one of my favorite storylines. But him as a person, well, I feel like he was so perfect for the role because a lot of what he played as Iron Man was stuff he experienced in his life, you know, being in jail, being, you know, dealing with alcoholism and drugs and stuff like that. And so he was doing a podcast. And I remember very relevant to what you were saying. He was like, you know, people want to chase everything. Don't chase that thing. You know, let it come mm -hmm. naturally. Let, you know, happiness is fleeting. Be appreciative for what you got. But if you're chasing, you know, happiness and this and that, you're never going to be satisfied because there's always going to be like, okay, I got this. What's next? What's next? What's next? So now it's like you're constantly chasing when you're ignoring what's around you. So I really mm -hmm. like that you said that and re remembering all that just it really flips a switch and is is very like the whole chasing your goals and striving. And I know we live in a culture that's like, okay, you got to work hard. You got to breathe the dream. You got to eat. It's like, that's unhealthy when you really think about it. You about to start recording a video. And I know yeah. exactly what you <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I had to be careful, man. I had to be careful because like, you know, I, the concept is good. But, you know, when you're preaching it to people, you I, I feel like you're making it unrealistic, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it's good to work hard and stuff, but striving for happiness and stuff i think is kind of a distraction of what you have around you you know mm. which i love that you touched upon because i mean a lot of people don't have that mentality and i think with social media when it's almost ingrained in us now yeah it's 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 actually a problem so it is it is it's funny so it's not funny so i was listening to uh i think with the radio recently and there was an ad on the radio and it blew my mind, but it was basically saying how um, if you have been affected by Instagram um, and you're a teenager <laughs> and you're a teenager, you heard the ad? No, but I already know where it's going. I yeah. already feel like I okay. know where it's going. So for anybody that hasn't heard the ad, it's like, yeah, if your teenager is suffering from, um, I can't really remember all the disorders. Let's just say body like, image disorder, uh, anorexia, um, depression, all because of Instagram. Um, you're entitled to compensation, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And I mean, it's, it's, it's real. real. That, yeah. that's, it's real. As wild as it seems, you would have never thought when Instagram came out in 2011, I think it was. Something like that, yeah, a long time ago. People will be looking to sue a social media platform because of their children growing up with different type of um challenge i'm just gonna say challenges in life because of what they view and how they dissect social media um but i, I want to move on for that yeah. what is success to you success to me yes you know this is one that and I love how relevant it is to the conversation about, you know, happiness and everything. Because yeah. I used, back in the day, I used, 
you know, if you were asking me this, I'd be like, well, success is happiness. Well, mm. you know, you can be successful at something and realize that it wasn't what you really envisioned. And now all of a sudden you're sad, you know, it's, it's fleeting. Like, for example, you know, I, I, I'm working every single day to accomplish the goals I want. And one of the main goals I want to achieve is winning the world championship. Okay, well, I win a world championship. There's going to be another world champion after me. You know, so it's like, what am I working for? Am I dedicating all these resources to something that is going to be cool in the moment, rewarding the moment, success, you know, quote unquote successful? Then it's like, okay, well, what's next? You know, now I'm looking for the next big thing and now I'm sad. So I think success for me is really and truthfully just appreciating what I have, honestly, because mm. a lot of times, even, I mean, even me, you know, I try to stay even keel, but sometimes I don't appreciate what I have, you know, and this is coming from a military background where it's like, you know, you keep the same clothes for five years or whatever. If it's you know, tearing apart, stitch it up, you know, don't change anything unless you really can't wear it anymore or something like that. And um, your parents were in the military. So my father. OK, so my father was in the military. Uh, my grandfather was um, in the military as well. Um, and just honestly, like my paternal side of the family in general, they're just very military oriented. So like my uh, aunt, she actually is in Germany right now. She does some government work. And so she's not I don't think she's in she does military work, but she's not in the military. You know, so she just works with them, you know, for like certain things. I think she might be an accountant or something. I, I can't remember. And, um, you know, all my uncles were in the military and um, that or did, you know, some time on the uh, police squad or whatever. So it's, it's I come from a very um, disciplined background, you know, and I think when you come from that background, it kind of ingrains, I don't want to say a level of um, humility. Well, I mean, yeah, a level of humility, but also just being realistic. So it's like, for example, like, you know, phones and stuff like I didn't get my um, I didn't get my iPhone 11 until I think I was like or the newer iPhone until I was like, you know, maybe like two years ago. And until that point, I still was rocking the iPhone six. So, yeah, so that's how and I mean, the battery was dying and everything. I had to like literally keep a pocket charger on me and stuff. It was but I mean, that's that's just the kind of person like, I've always been. And I see people, you know, drive all these fancy cars and stuff. And I'm just like, hey, my car is working fine. You know, I got a 2013 Dodge Avenger. You know, I'm not driving, um, you know, 100 miles an hour on the interstate. I'm driving. Look, I'm in that right lane, 60, 70. You know, I don't I don't like if I if I got to like rush to where I'm going, then, you know, that's just that's just a disaster in itself. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. just honestly, just having that uh, that mentality of, OK, being appreciative is success in itself, because a lot of times, you know, people aren't appreciative. People see the newer shiny thing and all of a sudden they got to get I mean, for example, like I got a PS4. You know, and they got all these cool PS5 games coming out. And I was just on the phone with my friend yesterday. And she's like, well, why don't you get the PS5? I'm just like, you know, I got the money for it. But my PS4 just works perfectly. Like, why, why, why mm -hmm. do you, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's just really being appreciative. And, yes, you can have those goals. And, yes, you know, still really work for those goals and everything. But at the end of the day, if you really can just sit down in your bed, have a roof over your head, know that people love you, you know, whatever your faith may be, know that you're really strong in it. And just knowing that you're safe and you have another chance, you know, at life the next day, if you're blessed enough to wake up, I think that's success in itself, just realizing how much of a gift life is. And 
a lot of people, especially in our society, kind of get distracted from that, you know? So mm. that's just something that I kind of grew up with. I love that. Real, real quick tip. Did you know that you can replace the batteries in your iPhones? Yes. And okay. I think I found, yeah, because I actually, um, I was kind of afraid to admittedly because my iPhone, you know, like I said, I had the iPhone 6, man. I had that thing for a long time. I, I changed, I think I changed the um, the glass like three different occasions and people were like, oh, be careful when you change. Because I that's actually what I was going to do. I was just going to change the battery and, you know, instead mm -hmm. of getting a new phone. And people were like, oh, but if you puncture the battery, you can do this. I'm just like, you know what? Do I don't even want to mess. Yeah. So, yeah. At that I used point, to work for I, Apple. Do it for Apple. Really? If we mess up, they'll take care of you. Just do it through Apple. Do see. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean I, I'm happy with this. And I've always been a tech savvy guy, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but still, just that when they were like, you know, it's a lithium battery, it can explode. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> like, <laughs> at that point, like, I'm not I don't want those get... problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm already, uh, you know, already need a new car at this point. So I was like, I don't need my phone exploding on me. So, so I, just, I just decided to, like, get a new phone, man. And, I mean, I, I'm happy with it. I, I don't think I'm going to get the newer thing that they got because they got an iPhone 2000 or whatever coming out soon. So, I mean... I don't. I'm. I'm good with my little uh, eleven, maybe an eight. I don't, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> All right. So whenever you know, three years down the road, when you still have this phone, just know, just take it to the store. It's going to cost you about fifty dollars. Just have them really. Replace the, the, oh, well, see that's yeah. Okay, fifty. Yeah. It's, so cause... it's easy. They'll get it done like two, three hours. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Apple. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so I want to circle back to one of the things that you said during the hot take questions. I almost forgot. Yes. You just finished a 21-day journaling uh, challenge or journey session. What, what do you want to call it? Uh, we can just call it like 21-day journal or whatever. Yeah. All right. Just something generic. So what made you want to do that? And what were the... What did you really gain from that? I know you touched on it a little bit, but I want to dive into it a little bit deeper. Gotcha. Um... I think what, um, when I, well, I mean, it was a bunch of things, but what really made me initiate it was because I've always kind of journaled um, throughout my life. I used to write poetry and stuff. And, you know, of course, I've written the two books. And so writing was something that has always been really good uh, for me. And, you know, moving away from the LSU area because I used to live on campus and now it's like I move away, like I live 20 minutes away. So even, you know, even though I still go there and train, you know, my coach and stuff, I'm not in that quote unquote environment. And even with some of the things we were talking about, you know, with the the friend and, you know, my time at LSU, the disappointment and stuff, I knew that my first year as a pro, I still kind of held on to some of those things, you know, and now it's like, I've moved away from the area. I becoming I like I'm becoming my own person. I got all these things going on that's, you know, really amazing. I need to in a way separate myself from the past. Yes, it defined me. Yes, it is good to remember, but at the same time, that's not the person I, I am anymore. So instead of being stuck on the past and everything, I need to move forward. And one of the things I realized about that was crazily enough 
I wasn't processing things the way I was probably processing in the right manner. You know, I was holding a lot of um, me against the world kind of mentality and stuff like that. And it, it wasn't healthy, you know, and I just told myself, look, if I want to be successful this track season or just in life in general, I got to get myself out of this mentality. I got to like really process things and put myself in the right mentality. Don't feel like I got to be, you know, like hold this like brick wall up constantly and, you know, just have all this like black Air Force activity about me. Like, nah, we just got to, you know, come back down, be where your feet are process so i told myself you know because the pros like we start training well i mean i started my training in august but i know everyone else because they had a later season they're going to be starting next week so you know we're all going to be back together and stuff Mm -hmm. but you know i told myself i can't like get mad at you know these people like if they're not doing something or this and that and whatever have you and i can't get mad if they come at me about you know, doing something that they think I shouldn't be doing or whatever. It's just not, you know, so putting myself in the right mentality, um, processing everything. And I think the biggest takeaway out of everything was realizing again, you know, I have a very fulfilled life and I'm very satisfied. And yes, I do want to work towards some things, but you think about everything that, you accomplish. I'm just, you know, using me as, you know, third person or whatever right now. But, you know, you think about everything you accomplish and you're just like, oh, my God, like I've actually done more than what I actually thought I, I've done. And it is so mm-hmm. crazy because I think, again, with as fast life moves, you don't realize that. So when you take the time and just write things down, you're just like, oh, like I've done this. I've done this. Like this is something I, I used to dream about. And crazily enough, there was actually a. <laughs> My freshman year at, uh, in high school, I actually uh, made this drawing and it was me with an LSU jersey with a J. Cole lyric. And while I was doing the uh, the journal challenge, it actually came up on like, you know, the Google memories or whatever, because I actually put in the Google memories a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like I've actually accomplished more than what I thought. You know, like this was like 2010 and you fast forward mm-hmm. to 2022 and you're just like. Yeah, like I, I've actually done a lot more than what I thought. And, you know, I, I really the one thing I think which is good about journaling and, I, and hopefully whoever listens to this will take it up, at least in some form. It really slows life down and you really learn more about yourself whenever you do it. You know, so those are just some things that I've experienced and why and, you know, going forward through what I've learned and just applying it, putting myself in the right mentality of, yes, you know, this is something good you know i'm on the right track it might not it's of course not gonna look like you know someone else but it's gonna look like arthur price's journey you know so mm-hmm. that's i think was um reintegrated into my system <laughs> so and i felt a lot better man you know i it it, it helped a lot so that's good. i i love that man i really love that a lot whenever i had the opportunity to journal i don't journal in terms of that on a daily basis, uh, I more so write affirmations on a daily basis. Um, that still counts. All, I, I, I call it. <laughs> it counts. It counts. It counts. It makes me think about, one, what I am set out to accomplish, but it also makes me reflect on mm. what I've already done. Because when I'm writing what I want to accomplish, I'm like, man, this is what I'm working on now. Like, I would have never thought that I would have the capacity to think I can do this, but because of everything I've already done, that's why I'm writing these words right now. 
So I, I can definitely relate to you on that. I love that. How important are your goals to you? What if I were able to help you gain clarity, stop you overthinking with your goal setting, improve your time management, and give you an actionable execution plan to accomplish whatever you want to do? I've been getting this question a lot. Can I pick your brain? Can I break your brain? Can we do a one-on-one? People are willing to pay me $10,000, $5,000, but I'm doing this for much less. Go to sitwithphenom.com so we can go ahead and get your goals accomplished today. That is sitwithphenom.com. I'm doing one-on-ones. I'm only taking a couple people per month. I want you to be one of them. That's sitwithphenom.com. And going back to what you were saying about it has also allowed you to not be stuck in the moment and make you, or excuse me, not the moment, the past. Yes. It's allowed you not to be stuck in the past and make you think about the future and you have to get yourself out of that. I love that you said that because I definitely see a lot of times where people, they have something happen to them. It may be good or bad. Just let's just say they experience something and they hold on to that so tightly that they do not allow themselves to grow from that situation. And that's why they see themselves as stagnant. So to relate it back to your story, you were saying that the one of the greatest disappointments was when you fell over that first hurdle. So I do have a quick question about that. Was that in the finals, semifinals, prelims? What was that? Uh, it was, you know, it was in the semis. It was, it was in the semis. It was in the semis? So, yeah. So right. it was, yeah. It was, it was pretty Almost there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was, yeah. At least it wasn't in the prelims. So. Oh, no, that, that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Need an invisible cloak at that point. Just yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> you know, I'm just walking back to the bus. I ain't even walking back to the team tent. Just put me on the bus. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so how was that progression for you? For that to, was that, that was your senior year, correct? Um, it was what we thought would be my senior year. This was 2019, and uh, okay. I actually ended up getting awarded a fifth year, and then okay. the fifth year, which was COVID, ended up being a sixth year. So yeah, you see, yeah, so, yeah, you you got blessed more opportunities. So, <laughs> so what was the mindset, or what was the mental journey for you to take yourself out of that, which you thought was about to be your senior year? And then be like, okay, I now have opportunity to get here again. But then, sorry, but then, um, you know, now you're a professional track and field athlete. So how are you able to take yourself out of that situation and not just grow, but just grow exponentially now that you are a paid track and field athlete now? That's a great question. And um, I, I really wanted to answer something like this for a long time. And because um, I know a lot of athletes can like kind of uh, relate to this, you know, it's like you hold on to something successful and then you might have a disappointment. And all of a sudden you're just like constantly mentioning it. You're constantly talking about it. And it's like you're still living in the past. and You're not allowing yourself to grow. And I'll be honest, you know, I've been around people and still kind of around people who do hold on to like that past success. And it's like, you know, they're trying to get back to this level that they were at when it's like, why not try to strive, you know, go past your limit, you know? And I got caught kind of caught in that trap as well. So, for example, 
or the main thing, not for example, but the main thing was really knowing or realizing that what I was around was not necessarily the environment that would bring out my fullest potential. If that makes mm. sense, if that makes sense, mm. because I think when you're in college, you know, you got to listen to your coaches and they're going to not really have suggestions. They're going to be like, no, you do this A, B, C and D, you know, or there's going to be problems. Whereas like now, you know, I've kind of stepped away from that and realizing that, OK, I've changed things up for myself. I'm successful. You know, I can make money off my own name and like, you know, finally, you know, even though, yeah, I, even though they're doing it with the kids now, you know. I, I'm not going to lie, you know, one agent um, one time was getting ready to um, wink, wink, offer me a car. So that that is a fun story in itself. But just, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. What type but, of car? Um, I got to know now. Now going to slide yeah. past that. What type of car? <laughs> what type of, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he said it'd be something nice, you know, but uh, you know, he, he asked me, he was like, well, you have transportation around campus. It was like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, oh, you know, well. You know, if you ever need uh, help, you know, just let me know. You know, we can help you out. You know, I was like, okay, you know. Now, granted, he wasn't <laughs> certified because um, whenever and I know we're kind of stepping away from the uh, explanation, but I know um, whenever I was going through that process, I went to the uh, compliance office and I was like, well, where's some questions I need to ask these agents? You know, they're starting to reach out to me, and they gave me a list of literally just copy and paste lists, and they met with me and like, you got asking this, this, and this. So every time an agent would hit me up, this would be the first thing, you know, I send them like, if y'all can't answer this, then don't talk to me. One of them answered it. And at the bottom, you know, it was like, well, we're still working on our certification. I was like, okay, if you're working on it, okay, we'll see. And then I started talking to them just like, yeah, um, no, I don't think this is going to work out. So, but, you know, stuff like that too. So it's stepping away from that and getting away from that 2019 mentality and that college mentality and knowing that while this was, you know, a point in my life that was significant, it's something that I'm not experiencing anymore. And I need to find my own pathway as honestly just a 20, just an adult male. You know, I need to find my own way. I don't need to be stuck in the past. And, you know, I, a lot has changed. I mean, for example, I all in college, you know, I was forced to um, be an eight stepper hurdler. And every single time I just felt like it was hindering me. And then, you know, you're a professional now, so you got more say and it's like, no, I'm going to seven steps and now everything's kind of, you know, all my technical problems kind of fixed itself. So that's one example, you know, being able to promote my books fully is another example, getting to meet different people and different experiences and just learning more, just feeling like the opportunities to experience life and to really grow as a person while not being reserved in this environment has honestly i think been probably the most um most helpful and just having the mentality of wanting to grow too you know realizing that i want to grow i don't like i'm not you know 2019 you know 2020 2021 arthur like i'm 2022 arthur and then 2023 comes i'm a different arthur you know you always want to be a different person and the people who are kind of stuck in that mentality, like you said, are stagnant, you know, and then they get upset about like, why can't I, like, why don't I feel like I'm growing this and that? And man, I'm not gonna lie. I've just always have felt the need to grow. You know, like, I, I can't stay mm -hmm. in one place at one time, you know, like I, I've always wanted experience. So 
realizing that I was kind of stuck in that mentality. And I think it was a product of the environment, you know, just the people around me and stuff like that. I just couldn't do it anymore, you know, and that's partially why I moved away from campus. And I knew like, even though I was still, you know, trained at campus, because I mean, we have amazing facilities and stuff. That college atmosphere, you know, like I'm 26 years old. I don't need to be, you know, around no college atmosphere. You know, I'm just, I'm just being real. There's nothing like, yeah, I got friends that are, you know, 19, 20, 21, but even hearing them talk, I'm just like, <laughs> nah, like that's nah, don't, nah. Yeah. So it's, it's just a growth thing, you know, and everyone grows, you know, you're a different person each and every single day, but definitely mm-hmm. just taking the initiative and wanting to grow, I think is a big, big thing that a lot of people don't really pay attention to. And, you know, hopefully more people do, but I knew for me, I, I wanted to grow. I didn't, I needed to grow, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a life thing. I love that. I always like to tell people you have to be intentional with your growth. Yes. Um, you can't just want to grow. You have to have some sort of plan um, to put your growth on autopilot, I like to say. Uh, and I definitely mm-hmm. think that I've been able to create a system for that for myself. Um, and it's funny, I was doing an interview earlier today. And I was saying we both agreed on it uh, that sometimes we have no idea what we're doing but we have confidence <laughs> in, what, in what we're doing and that's because that we are always continuously growing and yeah. we're growing because we have certain habits we are disciplined we're consistent in certain areas in our life that will always allow us to grow no matter what environment we're in who we're talking to it doesn't matter like it may not be the best growth in a certain environment but we're still going to grow but like you were saying, you were able to get out of that environment and now you're growing so much more. Um, you're you're able to promote yourself, everything that you're doing. Uh, like you were saying, you have a book signing this weekend. So yeah. I do want to touch on that because you slid past that a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of growth, being able to talk about what you're you know, what you're doing, you have two books. What are the, what are they about? Because you haven't so, said anything about them just Oh yeah, <laughs> man. It's um, man. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to seem like I'm not enthusiastic about the books and stuff because I am. Because some people even like, well, you don't, you don't talk about the books enough, and it's like, well, you know, sometimes I think I talk about them way too much, and it's like, you know, I know was, I know was there. I've read it a million times, you know. So it's like, you know, it's, sometimes it can kind of get taxing, you know, if you overly think about it. But like to a newer mm-hmm. person, like, oh, my God, this is really good. I'm just like, eh, whatever, you know, because you, you experience it so many times. But both the books, um, they're memoirs. And um, the first one, admittedly, was kind of I don't want to say unorganized, but it was still just me like trying to figure out, you know, how to write, you know, and. I, I re-edit I like I, I went back and edited it so everything's fine and stuff now. But, it, you know, when that first book came out, it was kind of everywhere. And it wasn't because a lot of people were like, well, is this like um, is this chronological? I'm just like, no, it's just supposed to be like stories that, you know, kind of fit in and just, you know, stories that have different life lessons, or whatever. So that's why with this newer book, I was like, OK, I need to make it chronological because people, for whatever reason, need a chronological story. I'm just like, I literally specify that like, each chapter is his own story. And I'm just like, you know, whatever, to appease other people. And I mean, honestly, reading flow, it did actually make more sense. 
So, I mean, both books, again, are memoirs. It kind of starts out from childhood up into, let's see, up into, I want to say, last summer-ish, last summer. And a lot of it goes into detail with, again, kind of like things we talk about, like, you know, the the validation, feeling the need for validation from other people, being stuck in environments, depression, anxiety, um, the chapter I think that would really got the most people was in my first book, which was about losing my mom. And people understood, I think, in more detail how painful that was. But, you know, again, talking about disappointments and stuff, I did. I was kind of disappointed when she passed away. But at the same time, it wasn't a true disappointment because, yes, you know, she passed away. But at the same time, the night she, you know, the night before she passed, I told her I loved her. A lot of people don't get that opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, life happens so fast. You know, you can literally argue with someone and the next day. You get that phone call like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they're in the hospital and it's not looking good. You know, whereas like I was blessed enough and I knew my mom was in her last stages of life. I was just going to go back to my room. I doubled back to her room, kissed her on the forehead, said, I love you. Next day I get the phone call. She passed away next day. So, you know, it's just stuff like that, man. And. It's a really a lot of people. I haven't met a person that has disliked the book. I've met people that haven't finished it, but even you know with the chapters that they've read, they loved it, and it's just it's given them um, a better perspective of me as a person. Because sometimes uh, it's kind of funny because sometimes uh, people they they say they can't really have a they can't label me in a certain way. You know, like I don't really fit into like their labels. I'm like good because mm-hmm. I don't want to fit into your labels. <laughs> you know, so. You know, people look at me, they're like, oh, you know, he got all the chains. He's wearing baggy clothes and stuff like that. But he's not the typical athlete. And I'm just like, well, what do you mean by typical athlete? He's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, you did STEM, this and that. I'm just like, if that's, you know, your stereotype, sure. But, you know, I don't like being labeled. Like, I feel like I'm a, I'm not a one-trick pony, I guess. You know, I'm a... I'm a circus bear, I guess, if that's what people want to... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can do, I can do it all, so... It's just, it's just stuff like that. And I think that's really reflective in the book. And I wrote both of them in a way and designed them in a way that's kind of reflective of me as a person. So, for example, my uh, second or the first book, because I have actually haven't even dropped the, the title. So that's on me. The first book is a title for the man who walks tall. And um, that was published in 2019, like no 2020, right after COVID. I think it was like October when I uh, published it, but the book was ready or what I thought would be ready, even though, you know, I revised and stuff later. Um, That was, I think, summer-ish when I got done, but finalized everything in October. And then obviously, you know, two years later, you gain so much knowledge and you're like, okay, I got to fix this, right? And the second one was recently published in uh, May. It was 2022 this year. And it's a title, Stardust Dreams. So Walk Tall is something that, Whenever I decide to get give up football and move on, I was like, okay, I need something to really signify this this growth, right? Moving away from football, and walk tall was something that I constantly kept hearing. My granddad was saying it. You know, I'm playing video games that you know have the quote and stuff. I'm reading books. I think Dwayne Johnson even had like a book or something with it as well. I'm just like, this is this is there's something going on right now, you know. So. Just those two words that reaffirmed what I was going and it's so powerful because it basically is like you don't have to get there fast. But as long as you're moving and have pride in the journey, the tall part, you're good. 
you know, mm-hmm. and again, that's kind of the thing that I had to grow from um, after LSU was, okay, that was my LSU journey. What's next? Like, Walk Tall is not hitting as hard as it used to for me. What do I need to do? And I just remembered, and I don't really have like a motto or anything now, but I just, I had to remember like why I kind of started this, you know, this, this life journey of wanting to essentially be a quote unquote king in my own right. And it's like, why, like, what is my definition of being a king? And that's essentially what Mm. the memoir series is. Cause as a kid, I was always fascinated with Kings. I mean, my name means King. So it's like, you know, what, what, what are you doing and stuff? Like, this is a king like someone that constantly gets praised is a king that's someone who is a symbol for people to look up to and, you know, whatever have you. And I'm still trying to figure out how to define that. And I think that's what is reflective in the books as well. So Stardust Dreams actually kind of goes in well, not kind of it does. It coincides with how me and my mom used to basically look at stars. And that's actually how my dream began, because I whole entire day i was just fascinated with kings the entire day played legos was watching um man in the iron mask with leo uh leonardo dicaprio great movie you gotta go see it so (laughs) it's it's a great movie and you know i was just looking up at the sky and me and my mom were talking about it me and my mom used to stargaze all the time and i was like you know what this book's going to be titled stardust dreams because this is essentially where the dream began in the stars and so applying that in a way where it's like okay each chapter is almost a celestial metaphysical feel to it, but they can still understand, you know, just a theme was, I think, probably me at my peak when it comes to writing and just give you an example. So one of the uh, chapters is titled um, Black Black Hole, you know, and that deals with things like depression, and apathy, you know, and you think of a black hole, you're thinking celestial bodies or, you know, just celestial and then you have another chapter that's titled Starlight Road, which kind of goes in line with, you know, the growth away from LSU and walking down this new path. So it's stuff like that. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, people will pick it up and stuff. But it's something I am excited about. But again, when you kind of played it through your head a million times, you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> I love that so much. So you're trying to figure out right now the definition of king uh, to you. You already given us your defini- definition of success and you spoke about happiness and joy. But the last thing I, I really want to get your, your idea and thought on is what is your definition of growth? That's a good one. Um, definition of growth, I think, is. Well, actually, I admittedly this might sound corny i didn't even plan on wearing this shirt i actually like took <laughs> off my sweatshirt because it was yeah it's it, the weather he's wearing a spider-man sweatshirt uh, shirt right now yeah the Miles Morales. Yeah. To, yeah so when my mom passed away um the first movie i saw after was a uh, spider-man um into the spider which is still my favorite spider-man movie of all time i don't care i love miles morales as a character he's always been one of my favorite superheroes of all time him and uh, Black Panther and Iron Man and Batman, those are my top four. But, you know, going through that time frame of, okay, I lost my mom. And then it's like, well, crap, my favorite superhero is having his own movie. Like, yes, I'm going to go and hopefully cheer up. And the things that Miles went through in that movie were things that I kind of was feeling at the time. He lost his uncle. He just became the new Spider-Man. It's like all this responsibility is like thrusting on him. And 
he's afraid of his own powers. He's afraid to grow and become the person that who he's essentially destined to kind of be. And probably the most iconic scene, and it's funny because I actually like touched upon it in like my first book as well. But the most iconic scene, I think, is um, whenever he actually puts on the Spider-Man suit and jumps off. You, you remember? You, you've seen the movie, yeah. huh? Yeah, he yeah, like, jumps off. And that was symbolic in my way of he's taking that leap of faith. And they even said it's a leap of mm. faith. And I think whenever you want to grow, you know that, okay, where you're at now is not where you want to be, but where you're jumping from, you hopefully will land in a better place. And I think mm. that's actually, no, that's actually quote what I actually said in my book. So you're actually getting a book quote right now. I don't, I can't believe I just remembered that guy. Golly. <laughs> But that's essentially what it was. And, you know, it was a leap of faith. And I think growth is a leap of faith in itself. So I think just the willingness to take that leap and knowing that, okay, I want to be somewhere different from where I am now. You know, I think that's um, probably the most definitive answer I would give as far as like growth, you know, just knowing that you want to take the initiative, you want to grow. And it might not look pretty at first, you know, most times it's not. It might not be the best place you're, you know, going to land, but who's to say the next place you jump from, you know, and two can't be an even better one, right? Because growth isn't mm-hmm. linear, right? You can growth mm-hmm. is this, right? It's so, everywhere. Yeah, it's 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 everywhere, man. But you know, I um, I mean, I guess this was fitting to wear, but that's uh, that that's that's how I feel about it. So that's just some background and everything, but. It's a leap of faith. It really is. I know it sounds corny, but it's it's the truth. Nah, it really I love is. It. So growth to you is a a leap of faith, hoping that you're going to be in a better place from where you jump. Exactly. I love that. So wrapping up, how can somebody find you and how can they support you? So the best way to uh, find and support me is just by going hit me up on a uh, Instagram um, underscore Arthur Price a third. Um, same thing with my Twitter, Arthur underscore Arthur Price III or at or whatever they call it nowadays. I know it's called something else, but you know, but um, underscore Arthur Price III on all my social medias. Um, I have a website, it's, uh, www.arthurpriceiii.com. Kind of getting redundant with the Arthur Price III's, but but um, yeah, and you know, um, I have kind of started kind of moving away from the old uh, go to Amazon and buy the book thing because admittedly Amazon, like if people were to buy the books directly from Amazon, I actually make like $2 per book and the books are listed at like 15. So my thing is like, I'm just, you know what I'm talking Yeah, so you, you feel me. I know, I don't sell yeah. on Amazon anymore for that exact reason. It's, yeah, so it's like now I just, I do like the author copies and then I sell them at like, you know, the respective price. So like I spent, you know, six for six for four. So I spent $20 on the recent. And it's like, if I were to, you know, make that money back, that's a whole lot more than, you know, it's actually a profit. So that's why I don't really tell people, you know, go do the Amazon thing. It's, it's efficient and it's, it's less time consuming, but I just rather like, you know, get the book and send it to someone having, you know, so if anyone is interested in the book, best way to, um, Best way to find me, you know, or best way to get the book. Mm, excuse me. Hit me up and uh, we'll just do business from there. So that, that's that's yeah. Love so. it. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, you guys, this has been another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast. I really hope that you guys were taking notes. There have been a lot of gems dropped in today's show. I'm going to try to see if we can get some show notes so you guys can look at um, that as well. But Arthur, I really appreciate you taking time out your day um, to be on here today. It's been a pleasure. Man, I no, I appreciate you, man. This is uh, not to sound corny again, but it's been phenomenal. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really no, it really is, and it's really um, it's it's a great opportunity just to kind of you know slow down and talk about life, especially with you know the crazy schedules that we both have. So just to really you know come in here and be authentic and just talk and be transparent is 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 something that me personally I don't get a lot and. You know, I know that you enjoy, which is why you do all these interviews. So it, it really is a blessing, man, to even be honored to come on your show. And, you know, you keep being great, too, because you got a lot Thank of great you. things. So I appreciate that. Well, you guys make sure you go go to his website, find his book, support him. And other than that, we will catch you guys on the very next episode.